0: After a week off, we are back. The conference champions were crowned, and like it or not, the college football playoff is now set. Did the committee get it right, or does the NCAA demand drug tests for all their members? Plus, we'll talk about how the newest Heisman winner obviously went to the best player in the country. Don't get those tissues out yet. The season isn't over. We're glad you've joined us here on The Football Podcast. (laughs) This is the football podcast with Max and Dad. Here's your hosts.
1: Welcome to the podcast, guys. I'm Max. And I'm Dad. First quarter. It's time for the
0: recap. We've got a recap of all the conference championships that happened a couple weeks ago. First Conference USA... This was an intense battle from the start with New Mexico State giving everything they had to Liberty. But the Flames
1: prevailed, and I'm very excited to see what they'll do against Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl in Arizona. The Flames got the W as they stay undefeated and move on to play Oregon in their toughest matchup yet in the Fiesta Bowl.
0: Next, we had the last Pac 12 championship game where number six Oregon fell to number four Washington.
1: The Huskies were mostly doubted by everybody heading into the last Pac-12 championship game. Oregon looked stronger in all their positions in this rematch. But Washington forgot to mention who means business here, as the Huskies escape again by a three-point with a final score of 34-31. to 31 and are 2-0 this season against the Oregon Ducks.
0: Yeah, it was another great effort by the Ducks, but the same result as the regular season. Knicks had three touchdowns, but the running game for the Ducks was lacking and ultimately made Oregon one-dimensional on offense. The Huskies had a great offensive balance with Pinnock's throwing and Johnson running, and Oregon pulled within three points with two minutes to go, but Washington would run out the clock and put a cap on the Ducks' college football
1: playoff hopes. Next up, we had the Big 12 championship game. Number 20, Oklahoma State taking on the Texas Longhorns. The Longhorns came into this game with one expectation, to make a statement. And that's what they exactly did as they rolled the Cowboys to a 49-21 win. Yeah, Texas dominated from start to
0: finish and proved themselves worthy of the college football playoffs. I felt they actually could have beaten Oklahoma State by a lot more, but I think they were saving it for their bowl games. Next, we had the SEC Championship, where number one, Ugga, fell to number
1: eight, Alabama. After almost losing to Auburn in the Iron Bowl, Alabama redeemed themselves by beating the Dogs in the SEC Championship game with a final score of 27-24. to Yeah, well, I can't say I'm surprised by anything when it comes to these
0: guys anymore.
1: Next up, we had the Big Ten Championship where Michigan took on Iowa. No surprise here. The Wolverines executed well with a blowout win against the Hawkeyes.
0: Yeah, Michigan's defense got their second shutout of the season and the eighth time holding their opponents to under seven points. They have their biggest challenge yet against the Crimson Tide, and they better have their best game of the season if they want a
1: chance at the championship game. Finally, we have the ACC championship game, with Louisville taking on the Florida State Seminoles. Florida State sits on the throne of the ACC and moves on to a 13-0 record. Unfortunately, I guess losing one good player from your roster is enough for you not to make the playoffs. Florida State is the first and last Power 5 conference team to go undefeated and still not make the playoffs. Those fans, you all have the right to be disappointed. Yeah, FSU fought valiantly through more offensive injuries, and their
0: defense led the team to the ACC title. I hope these guys were able to pull off the upset against the University of Georgia and finish their season undefeated. Second quarter. Goodbye.
1: Out of the top four candidates for the Heisman Trophy, only one was standing and holding up Mr. Heisman. Jaden Daniels, star QB from LSU, is the 89th winner of the Heisman Trophy as he took home the hardware as the best player in the country.
0: Daniels was more than deserving as he racked up nearly twice as many first place votes as any other candidate. He is the third LSU Tiger to win the coveted award. He led the nation in total offense in the regular season and as well as TD's responsible for with 50. His passer rating was number one, along with his yards per passing attempt and rushing yards by a quarterback while his 40 TD passes were tied for first. He became the first player in FBS history to rush for 200 yards and pass for 350 yards in a game when he did it against Florida on November 11th, collecting 372 yards through the air and 234 yards on the ground. These 606 total yards broke the SEC record. Daniels, the 2023 Johnny Unitas Award winner, Join Heisman winner Johnny Menzel as the only other player in the SEC history to pass for 3,500 yards and rush for 1,000 in the same season and is the eighth player to do it overall. Congrats to Jaden Daniels and the LSU Tigers on one of the greatest offensive seasons in college football history. Third quarter. Playoffs? Talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Imagine with me if you will, before the season started, someone told you that each of the champions of the Power Five conferences would finish this year's rankings number one through number five, but three of them would be undefeated while two of them would have one loss. Logic and reason would tell you that number one through number three would be the undefeated teams and the college football playoff committee would have the difficult job of deciding which one lost conference champion would take the coveted four spot. I mean, there's never been an undefeated power five conference champion left out of the college football playoff. But it's 2023, folks. And logic and reason have long been thrown out the window. The college football playoff committee isn't composed of men and women who hold themselves above ethical reproach. No, no, no. Who needs silly ethics when you could have the likes of the eye candy matchup of the Longhorns versus the Crimson Tide Part 2. Oh yes, dear listeners, this is the world we live in. So you can moan and groan about the fact that Alabama has snuck in through the back door for another shot at the national championship. Or you can just accept that that is how sports politics works. Who cares about wins and losses and accomplishments on the field? This is a beauty pageant. You think we care if those teams can give an intellectual answer to the question of how do you bring about world peace?
1: I personally believe.
0: No. All we really care about is how that team looks in the swimsuit and how fat their daddy's wallet is. With that said, like it or not, here are the top four in the college football playoffs. Number one, the Michigan Wolverines. Number 2, the Washington Huskies. Number 3, the Texas Longhorns. And number 4, Alabama Crimson Tide.
1: Alabama.
0: And on the outskirts of the rankings, so close yet so far, number 5, 13 and 0 undefeated Florida State University. Uh- And number six, two-time reigning national champion, the Georgia Bulldogs. Can I pick that dog? No. Can I pick that dog? No. Can I pick that dog? Although fairly unbelievable, there is nothing that surprises me anymore. The college football playoff committee felt the need to do the unprecedented, leave out an undefeated Power Five conference champion for the first time ever. In my opinion, this is one of the biggest snubs in the history of college football, possibly even sports. I mean, the reason the BCS was done away with in favor of the college football playoff was to prevent something like this from ever happening. But the college football playoff committee basically told the BCS, watch this, never have the rankings shifted so much and so controversial than in this year. Let me explain. Number one, Alabama's entry into the college football playoff has less to do with record and more to do with reputation. ACC Commissioner Michael Alford strongly stated this, For many of us, today's decision by the committee has forever damaged the credibility of the institution of the college football playoff. And saddest of all, it was self-inflicted. They chose predictive competitiveness over proven performance, subjectivity over fact. They have become a committee of prognosticators. They have abandoned their responsibility by discarding their purpose to evaluate performance on the field. The committee failed college football today. In quote. This selection was subjective, not factual. Number two, Bama is better on paper than FSU. But is there anyone better on paper than Alabama? Bama has been one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country since about 2009. We want Bama is a punchline. No one really wants Bama. It's a taunt. It's a joke. Some teams like LSU always get Bama. They are scheduled. We look forward to the opportunity to compete with them. But most of those other teams that say they want Bama are like my wife when I ask her what she wants to eat on Sunday afternoons. She doesn't exactly know what she wants. Number three, it's a sham that won't happen again. Next year, we will move to a 12-team playoff. All power conference champions will more than likely be involved. The toughest decisions will fall all the way back to number 13 and 14 in the rankings. Fourth quarter, transfer portal breaking news. There's a lot of action in the transfer portal right now with nearly 1,200 players choosing
1: to go to another school. Tell us who are the hottest ones on the market right now, Max? Well the first one up is probably the most popular and shocking is Dylan Gabriel transferring from Oklahoma to Oregon. This ain't Gabriel's first rodeo in the transfer portal. Before he actually transferred from UCF to Oklahoma. I'm excited to see what he can do with that Ducks offense since Bo Nix is finally leaving. Next up, we have Riley Leonard transferring from Duke to Notre Dame. Leonard had an impressive start this season with a huge win at home to number nine Clemson in week one. In week five, he had to face his toughest competition yet, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Injuries got the best of Leonard as he suffered a massive injury against Notre Dame. The Blue Devils ended up losing that one. Not only that, but Riley got injured again in the FSU game in week seven. Overall, the Blue Devils ended up with a seven and five record and Riley made the decision to enter the transfer portal. And finally, we have Tyler Van Dyke from Miami transferring to Wisconsin. Van Dyke had some big wins against number 23 Texas A&M in Clemson. Miami finished seven and five at the end of the regular season, and Tyler will be facing bigger competition as he's heading to Wisconsin to play in the Big Ten. Other QBs that are still available on the board are Cameron Ward from Washington State, Dante Moore from UCLA, DJ Ugaule from Oregon State and Kyle McCord from Ohio State as bowl season quickly approaches we will have all the game predictions in full
0: thanks for joining us this week subscribe follow us and click that notification button to know when new episodes drop each week
1: this is Max and this is Max's dad